Welcome to the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the future of farming, food, and nutrition. The world got a very real taste of the drought-driven water shortages occurring from South Africa and Mozambique to India and Iran when Cape Town came very close to day zero, the day when water levels in the city's reservoirs would fall below a red line of 13.5% of capacity and household water supplies would be shut off. Everyone would be forced to queue at water stations for a meager daily ration of H2O. The city of 4 million people imposed severe water restrictions. Social etiquette was turned on its head. A dirty car, suddenly a source of pride, while a green lawn leads to suspicion. The city managed to conserve enough to push Day Zero down the road, perhaps for a few months. But not without the help of farmers north of Cape Town, who opened their dams to allow millions of liters of water to flow down to the drought-stricken city. There has been plenty of coverage of how the water shortage has impacted Cape Town. What is less known are its effects on agriculture in the Western Cape province. Robert Walker is the South African-born CEO of Keenan, an all-tech company that is a global leader in machinery that helps farmers mix, feed, and distribute it to their animals. The company is a pioneer in the Internet of Things market for agriculture, having merged its range of machinery with innovative digital technologies that enable farmers to feed their animals with precision and consistency. We thank you for joining us, Robbie. Hi, Tom. Great to be with you. So tell us what the Keenan team is doing to help farmers in the affected areas around Cape Town cope with this water crisis. Tom, it's, uh, it's quite a tragedy, and um, it's, it's important that everyone pull together at this moment. The Keenan and Alltech um, group have uh, three things that we're doing at the moment. Um, we are participating and a major um, a driver in the Grass Hope project. Um, this is an interesting project whereby um, we are sourcing urban roughage. So these are clippings from gardens and parks and other municipal um, installations in, in the center of, of the city. Um, and we're, we're having all of that uh, delivered to Alltech, uh, our facilities in Alltech, where we bail that, uh, that roughage, and then that gets distributed to farmers. Because one of the biggest problems is that uh, farmers just don't have enough roughage for their animals. Um, the second big thing that we're doing that's, that seems to be making an impact is that we're connecting farmers. Um, the farmers in the south of the country around Cape Town really don't have enough uh, roughage, uh, whereas up in the north, you'll have a lot of farmers who uh, have sufficient or uh, have other uh, byproducts that they can, um, they can give or sell to those farmers in the south. And so what we've been doing is just connecting those farmers uh, so that we can get uh, roughage from the, areas, uh, from, from the areas of plenty to those of, in need. And the last thing we're doing is actually helping on the diets uh, w uh, of those uh, farms that are affected, because when they start buying all these uh, different byproducts or diff using completely different ingredients, these farmers actually need to have their diets reformulated and re-looked at because they are completely unfamiliar uh, ingredients. And then, of course, uh, they're changing almost daily. So um, those three things seem to be making quite a big impact. So, for perspective, how important is agriculture to the socioeconomic makeup of the Western Cape province? 
Well, the Western Cape is the uh, the garden of uh, of sub-Saharan Africa. Um, it is somewhat like California is to the United States. Mm. It's uh, where most of the export grade export grade fruit is uh, produced. Um, specifically, um, you have uh, crops like uh, apples, peaches, plums, pears. Um, you also have a big uh, wine industry, grape uh, grape industry. So it's all the very high value crops, and uh, all of these crops are exported uh, by and large to Europe and um, and the East, and fetch very high um, uh, of, of value. And so this has hit um, the the South African economy and and really the sub-Saharan African economy quite hard because that is a major uh, driver of revenue uh, in in that uh, geography. You know, I mentioned in the introduction Mozambique, India, Pakistan, Iran also experiencing this kind of situation. Uh, would you say that what we're seeing happen in Cape Town is something of a bellwether that the that the world should pay attention to? Well, it certainly is a, a an initial um, indication of what could be and what seems to be coming more than norm. And um, and 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 what's important uh, here is that uh, you can see that the infrastructure planning around this problem has just not been there. Um, I'm not accusing necessarily governments. What I'm saying is that uh, the infrastructure is not uh, um, suited. Or, or adept at uh, addressing these problems. And so it's probably um, wise for a lot of these different countries and, and municipalities around the world to start thinking about what they should be doing in this case. So Cape Town is a very good example of where a lot of countries and uh, cities are going. Robbie, I wonder what specific issues have come up as your team has become more familiar with this water crisis situation. Well, um, you know, as a company, we mostly focused on the animal side. So let me start there. Um, the biggest issue that we're seeing is, first of all, roughage. Uh, so um, just availability of feedstuffs. And what's quite bizarre, uh, Tom, is that you've got situations where, for example, a ton of corn uh, might be cheaper than a ton of soy hulls or a ton of, uh, of um, wheat bran. So the the cost of uh, just basic, um, very cheap roughage is uh, is just spiraling out of control, and that makes it very difficult to deal with from a production perspective. Then, of course, you've got the bigger problem of the national herd. Um, so animals are being culled, um, and um, and of course you're not only losing numbers, but you're also losing genetics. So in the near future, when we need to uh, bounce back, um, it's going to be very difficult to start breeding again. On the crop side, fruit is probably going to be the biggest affected. And uh, as I previously mentioned, that region is renowned for its export quality fruit, and it is an export-based economy. Um, But the low rainfalls have meant that the fruit quality is just terrible. And so it's very difficult to achieve export-grade fruit, uh, which means that you end up with a glut of low-quality fruit on the local market, but uh, no export-quality fruit. And so there are some quite profound changes that I think are going to have some quite long-term effects. It looks like Cape Town has, for now at least, dodged the Mad Max scenarios, at least for the time being, by cutting residents' average water use in half. But thanks to this drought that really is showing no sign of abating, the city could soon become the world's first major urban area to run out of water. 
is the Keenan team hearing much talk about uh, climate change, linking this situation to climate change? Well, farmers like to talk, and uh, certainly uh, there's, a, there's a lot of talk of climate change. And in fact, this situation has been building since about 2015. Farmers there on the ground will be telling us that uh, they've noticed a change in the weather. The winters have been warmer for the last three years, and uh, they aren't getting that, uh, that fog that they're accustomed to uh, in the winter. Um, what's interesting to note, though, is that a lot of the farmers have said that, that this year they've noticed a, a change in the weather. Uh, the weather seems to have returned to a more of a normal pattern. And a lot of those farmers have actually planted. Based on that, they, they think that this uh, situation is about to uh, resolve and that the rains will come as normal. So, yeah, farmers are thinking that it is climate change related, but that's very much about farmers who know the weather and just uh, going by their own instincts rather than fact. Interesting. Some positive thinking going on there. Uh, are conservation efforts uh, similar to what we're hearing about being imposed in Cape Town necessary in the rural farming areas? Are they taking things in, in hand in that way? Yes. There have been quotas uh, instituted in the rural areas. So farmers are severely restricted on what they can do and where they can get their water from. What has been positive about this, though, is the, the community spirit um, and this, this attitude uh, of helping uh, one's neighbor. And that has really brought farmer and city together, which has been quite an unexpected uh, upside of this disaster. That sharing of water, for example. Yes, uh, absolutely. They, they, there has been a sharing of water, which is, is really uh, the, the farmers have extended a helping hand to the city. And the farmers have, uh, uh, or at least the associations they belong to, operate their own private dams. Is that correct? Yes, they do. So mo most of the farmers in South Africa have fairly large um, uh, pieces of uh, land, and um, a majority of them would have own water, whether that, whether that comes from boreholes or wells or dams. There's normally a good supply of water on, on those farms. And do you know, are those privately owned dams in better shape than the municipal ones in Cape Town? Yes, absolutely. The, the privately owned dams are not full, but they are located further up in the mountains. And so they tended to have remained uh, at, at, at decent levels. So there is water there. The uh, Cape Town situation, of course, is hardly resolved. It's going to take years of this austerity before the reservoirs refill if they ever do. The six major dams that make up the city's water supply system are at present on average 19% full. City officials are saying the dams will have to at least recover to between 40 to 50% in order to avoid drastic water rationing during the summer of 2019. What are the prospects for that level of recovery? I know that you say the farmers are pretty optimistic about it. The farmers are quite optimistic, but this is going to take a long time to resolve. So, for example, a lot of the farmers have had to uh, cut their production. They're irrigating only small parcels of land. So the prospects of recovery, certainly on the production side, there are prospects for recovery, but it's going to be a, a slow road to recovery. When it comes to how quickly those dams are going to refill, it's very difficult to say. Um, uh, there's positive outlook for the coming season certainly from the farmer's own feeling as well as from the um, meteorological services. But it's going to be a long road to recovery. A lot of those farmers, though, have um, also um, supplied a lot of their water from their dams into the city. So those dams, as you said, are, are now um, also reaching critical level. 
In the meantime, Cape Town is implementing some pretty stiff water tariff increases. Are those additional costs likely to impact farms in the province, or do they rely solely on their private sources? Uh, No, the farmers generally rely on their own private sources, but they will be subject to quotas. But, But certainly in the city, the tariffs are very steep. The cost of water is very high, and the usage of water is is very low on a per-person basis. Do you hear anything about the possibility of desalinization as a solution? I know they tried it in Adelaide, Australia, for example, and it's had mixed results. But is there talk of that in South Africa? There's certainly a lot of talk of that. And and it goes back to what I was saying a little bit about the uh, government infrastructure um, and planning. And a lot of people are quite angry saying that you know, there should have been better planning uh, to avoid the situation. When it comes to desalination, there's a lot of talk about it. There is a project ongoing. I'm certainly not uh, up to date on it, but um, it is seen as something that is going to be quite small and not necessarily um, satisfy all of the needs. It's expected just to help in times of emergency. What is happening, though, is a lot of the farmers are now um, drilling new wells, and they are still finding um, uh, groundwater. And so, um, you know, much like the crisis that hit California um, a couple of years ago, where farmers' wells started running dry, um, I think uh, we still haven't got to the stage where farmers' wells are running dry, um, and there's still scope for drilling further wells. The disaster or the lack of water really is very much uh, in, in the Cape Town region, the city itself. Um, and of course, farmers are suffering, but uh, there is still water. There's that old saying that necessity is the mother of invention. Crises often have ways of inspiring innovation. Has that happened in this case? Well, I think innovation is going to take some time. Uh, there certainly seems to be a lot of uh, new innovative um, projects ongoing. One of the things, though, that has happened is that farmers are very carefully assessing how they do things and how they plan their production. So, for example, the farmers who do the high-value fruits and vegetables have decided to only irrigate smaller portions of their land and give all the resource to only only a limited amount of the crop so that they can guarantee to get export quality fruit so that they can export that fruit rather than trying to have a mediocre crop across all of the land. And so you have this uh, attention to detail um, and attention to a very small part of their production. There has been a very big move toward conservation. So drip irrigation has certainly been taken up um, and a lot of the technologies that come out of places like Israel have certainly been adopted. As a company, um, we focus a lot on efficiency of production. And uh, what's important is that farmers are able to use less resource to do more. And so we are finding that farmers are very open to listening when we speak to them about new technologies, uh, whether it be um, technologies for their animals or crops uh, in terms of nutrition, or whether it be um, mixing technologies for their machinery or digital technologies just to monitor all of that. They certainly seem to be open to listening and wanting to improve efficiency because a more efficient system is obviously going to be better for the environment and give better results in the end. So I do expect more innovation to come through, and and it's exciting to see that farmers are able to uh, be so innovative and adaptive in these kind of situations. Do you anticipate keeping your team in South Africa's Western Cape province for the foreseeable future? (laughs) 
Yeah, absolutely. The team there is doing a fantastic job. And um, from that uh, Cape Town region, we are able to work uh, up into the whole of uh, sub-Saharan Africa. And uh, so it is very much a springboard for us into Africa. Um, what we've managed to do there is tie in our machinery division, our nutrition division, and our crop division so that we can give more of a 360-degree uh, support of farmers. And that Western Cape region is, is very vibrant. It is uh, the center of agriculture in the region, and, and certainly we have no intention of leaving it. Robbie, this is a very personal thing for you. We're talking about your home. Uh, you must have some pretty strong feelings about what's going on there. Yeah, absolutely. It is. And, you know, there's, there's a mixture of, of anger sometimes because the, um, you know, you, you often think that the government could do more. Or they could have planned better. But then this is nature. It's difficult to judge. South Africa is very prone to drought. This drought in, in this region is really just a knock-on, perhaps, or, or an extension of the drought that has happened previously in the northern part of the country. So, South Africa is prone to bad weather or weather variations, extreme weather. And what's happening is it seems to be that that is getting worse and worse. And uh, certainly as someone who's involved in agriculture, I find that uh, heartbreaking. It's very difficult to see this situation. And um, yeah, it's hard to watch. Robbie Walker, CEO of Keenan. Thank you so much for taking the time. Great. Thanks very much, Tom. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. For show notes and more episodes, visit alltech.com forward slash agfuture.